I don't know about you, but whenever I visit an Apple retail store, I'm simply wowed by their attention to detail, the simplicity, and the helpful nature of the entire Apple team and the experience they create for me. It seemingly all happens by magic, but I can tell you there is smart technology working overtime in the background to help create this seamless experience. In this episode, we go behind the scenes of this smart technology with our guest Stephen Borg, the CEO and Corporate Director of Global Strategy at AOpen, and he shares with us the latest and most cutting-edge retail technologies that you can use in your pharmacy right now. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours. And we're all the way into episode 58. Some of you may be tuning into this live on Periscope TV. And for those of you, g'day and welcome to the Transformation Show. You are part of our full production today. It was a great response to last week's show with Robert Allen, particularly around the newest innovations, being the V-Motion screens, where you can virtually display all of your scheduled medicines uh, on your medicine wall, and you don't need to invest in the stock and obviously cleaning and maintain a high level of presentation stock. So we're going to build on that today with our visit to AOpen's Retail Evolution Lab, where you'll be able to hear our discussion with Stephen Borg, and we'll also be able to show you some videos that I'm going to show you a little bit later on, and you'll be able to find at robertstar.com forward slash episode 58, and have a look at those as well. Plus, we're going to have some preview videos that are going to show you how the technology is. I know you're going to love it as well. But I want to also mention that last week, last year, sorry, uh, when I visited CBIT, and I'll be attending again this year on Thursday, the 7th of May, if any of you are planning a trip, uh, I'd love to catch up with you and shoot the breeze about all the technology that's available at the moment and what you'd like to be able to see and putting together into your pharmacy. And we can work out how that can all happen. Uh, but one of the hottest innovations last year, in particularly in in-store personalization, was iBeacons. And today, amongst other innovations that we'll be exploring a little bit further, and more importantly, how you can actually start experimenting with these types of things in your pharmacy, we're going to go behind the curtain at the Retail Evolution Lab, and you can see that all for yourself. You'll see what an iBeacon looks like, how it gets used, and more importantly, how it can interface with your customers to give them a far better experience when they come into the pharmacies. And ultimately, which retailers you could even go and visit if you want to see how it's all working. So I know you're going to love it. So how was your Easter? 
was it busy? Uh, did you in- consume a whole lot of chocolate? Uh, my family, as I mentioned last week, is uh, completely entranced with bunnies. Uh, but, um, you know, how was it as well? You know, obviously, you know, we can talk about obviously the lighter side of Easter, but I know that it's a very stressful time at the moment, particularly around the PBS reforms that came in on April 1. And what changes are you looking to make to respond to those challenges? Uh, perhaps it's a shop fit that you might be looking at as well to incorporate new pharmacy professional services ahead of the six CPA. You know, I had some great examples I've come across in the last few weeks in visiting pharmacies. One in Victoria, which is reducing its size to incorporate a dental practice. Uh, one in New South Wales that I'm catching up with the owner very soon, who's cutting down his pharmacy to incorporate a medical centre as well. So, you know, new ways to create new income streams that didn't exist previously. And that's really about trying to look at what we can control. We can't expend energy. We can't do much around what we can't control. And sometimes we do think a bit too much about what's going to happen with 6CPA, what's going to happen with location rules, but often a lot of those actions aren't within our direct control. So we don't want to fall into the trap of going into inaction and just hoping that the 6CPA will take care of our next five years or worse trying to copy our competition, you know? Too many times we've seen too many Me Too discounters pop up thinking, well, the guy down the road's doing well, I can do that too. But you can't, you don't have the infrastructure. We've spoken extensively over the last 57 weeks around what we can actually do and this is the proof that this is live, by the way, that you can hear a phone ringing in the background. In any case, we'll push through. So we're trying to copy our competition. And secondly, you know, these guys are already on to the next big thing before you do, and you'll just be playing catch up, which we just can't afford to do. You need to find a strategic advantage or at least a point of difference to stand out from the crowd. That's just so important. And look, there's one, it's a great segue to what I wanted to bring to your attention today, which was that you've got a way, believe it or not, I am saying this live, you do have a strategic advantage over Chemist Warehouse. And yes, we have spoken in the past about becoming a patient-centric pharmacy and that that's your sustainable competitive advantage. But there's actually something you could do in the next two weeks to give yourself a better strategic advantage in being found ahead of Chemist Warehouse. Now, you might be thinking, what is this? Well, I have to tell you, the biggest search engine in the world, as we all know, is Google. But they're changing. They change and mold depending on how they see the world happening, what the websites are looking like, and they determine what we can see when we type in a search on Google. And that's changing on the 21st of April this year, where they're going to give preference to mobile responsive websites. Now, what that means is that your website is able to be viewed on any device, no matter what it is, a tablet, a mobile, but it's optimized for that viewing platform or the real estate that you're actually looking at. And what that means is that they can have a great experience in accessing all the information, reading it without constantly pinching the screen and uh, really get having a bad experience. So Google have figured out which websites do this well and which ones don't. And I have to tell you, Chemist Warehouse is not one of them. They are not mobile optimized. Amcal is not mobile optimized. 
Chemart is not mobile optimized. So if you're competing with any of those pharmacies, you've got a great advantage if you can have a mobile optimized website in being found on Google, which ultimately is where people are gonna go if they're looking for a pharmacy in your area. If you come up and you have a mobile responsive website, they'll find you ahead of anyone else. So, you know, we'll take a little, a little win where we get it, but this is one little win that could translate into a big win as we see and grow the digital interactivity of our patients. So it's a good advantage. I must say there are some pharmacies that do it well. So if you wanna look at some pharmacies that have mobile responsive websites, I'll put these in the show notes as well. You can go to usavechemist.com.au, they do it well, blooms.net.au, Bloom's the chemist, they do it really well, and Terry White chemists as well. All of those are mobile optimized. And if you're wondering, is my site mobile optimized? You can go across to this link that I've put in the show notes at robertstar.com forward slash episode 58. And you can test your site out right now to see how you're going. And there's also some tips about how you can make your website more mobile friendly as well. But more to the point, you might be thinking, well, how do I work this all out myself? I'm not a tech person, I can't do it. Well, what you need to do is you need to come along to our masterclass next Friday, which strangely enough, and it wasn't planned this way, I can assure you, is based on the five key aspects of a high-performing pharmacy website. And one of those aspects is a mobile responsive website. So my guest and co-host of our webinar, John Hollenberg, who you may have seen in episode 37. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Um, we're going to go through those five key aspects and how you can take advantage of that right now. So that's just so important. So before we head across to our interview with Stephen Borg, and I know you're itching to get stuck right in with that, I just wanted a quick reminder that if you attended APP 2015, you would have got a limited edition copy of Transformation. And what I'd love you to do, if you haven't already, is just open up the first page because it'll uncover some limited edition bonuses and there's about $800 worth or about 12 hours worth of exclusive bonuses waiting for you. And if you didn't attend APP, but you know someone who did, go and grab their copy and say, if you're not going to read it, I'm going to take advantage of it because there's such great things in there that you'd absolutely love. And I know you'll get great benefit out of it. So grab that and I'll certainly be able to see those and help you out in making sure that you can get them straight away. And anyway, we're heading across to our episode. Thank you guys for tuning in on Periscope as well. And make sure you tune in to episode 58. We'll be going live very, very soon. And we'll see you soon. But for now, we'll head across to our interview. Our interview today is with Stephen Borg. He's the Corporate Director of Global Strategy at AOPEN, who demystify the technology to make adoption easier for retailers. In this interview, we tried to get the GoPro camera to work so that I could get a visual representation of everything we were talking about. Didn't quite work out. We've got some fantastic demo videos available just below you on robertstar.com forward slash episode 58. Enjoy. Stephen Borg, welcome to the Transformation Show. Yes, thanks for having me. Oh, look, it's great to have you, Stephen, and I know that meeting up with Joy and your team up at APP, we had such a great chat about the different types of technology you were showing um, all the pharmacists up there, and it's all quite new for pharmacy, but it's really not quite new for all other retailers, is it? That's correct. I think um, 
the retail adoption curve um, in the last three years, it, this technology has become, you know, not an afterthought now. They're, they're doing it as part of their store design, as, as part of their, what we call their customer DNA and how they approach their customers. So it's become intrinsic. Yeah, yeah, abso- absolutely. And the type of technology we're talking about here, is it something that our, our listeners and majority pharmacy owners mainly in Australia um, that may have seen in other environments that they may be shopping in already? Sure. Um, it, typically in any environment where um, you need to make a, a product selection or be informed about a product, we always say information equals a purchase um, and that's what we try and focus on. Um, you could see this technology throughout uh, any Hello World store, um, uh, ANZ Bank, Optus, uh, Bunnings has employed it, um, and a whole lot of, you know, that's the big end of town, and then a whole lot of um, uh, small to medium businesses are now employing it because we've been uh, starting to package it up for the last uh, 12 months. So a lot of Melbourne cafes are starting to use it. Um, and you know, really, that sort of, you know, it's taking that enterprise technology and just applying it to the, the ones and two sites in just a seamless way. So you'll see it more and more being adopted. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we always talk about how travel is very common, commonly mistaken in pharmacy in terms yeah. of the way we manage the paper ticket, how we used to, and yeah. how we're managing the paper prescription right now. And we've seen the travel industry just completely transformed yeah. through technology, which hopefully is the, the next step for pharmacy logically. Yeah. Um, but I guess you mentioned Hello World. Um, yeah. how, how have they adopted that into their, their workflow? Because, look, obviously people have different needs, wants and desires when they walk into a travel agency. Yeah. Um, so how has the technology helped that experience? Well, what we did um, for Hello World and there's, other, some, there's some other travel agencies as well is we, we took what we saw as best practice around the world. Um, we've got the luxury of doing that. Uh, we have a, uh, 750,000 customers that we manage now um, across you know, the large to the very small. Um, so we took what we found worked, other learnings, and what we found worked in the travel sector was to allow staff to be able to triage their customers. So to be able to say, as a customer comes in, they need uh, you know, our expertise to help them engage in the purchase, or they really don't. They just want to engage and you know, um, look at information in their own right and be engaged at the right time. So the technology helps them uh, separate those customers out um, and also helps the staff guide when they should approach a client. Um, so it's, it's really helped them focus their specialist needs to the customer. Yeah, which I guess is quite akin to what we normally see in the pharmacy in that yeah. we've got people who have on chronic medications, have been on the same thing for 10 years, nothing's really changed, and they've got different desire for when they come into the pharmacy for high touch from a customer service point of view. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we always tend to put everyone into the one bucket, yeah. and um, you know, it's, it's very hard sometimes to be able to, I guess, as you said, triage them into the right area and therefore give them the personal experience that they want. Um, and I guess that's where the, the technology may be able to help them make those choices. Yeah, and what, and what we find, even for front of house staff, uh, even in the travel industry, there's staff that have been trained or they're very well travelled so they can give you that advice. Um, but there's also staff that aren't but very good with customers. So what they're doing is using the technology so they don't have to 
they don't have to try and remember the content, but they can create, you know, engage in good customer service um, and go through the content with the clients. So, you know, the, the amount of training is reduced um, um, and they're just focusing on engagement and, and that really works because that front of line should be all about engagement yeah. and then it's working out what skills or resources you need to close that or engage further. Yeah. Um, and we're finding especially um, industries that have, you know, uh, young staff at front of house, um, that's becoming increasingly important. Well, I guess there's never been a, a time in, in our lives where information's been so freely available, whether it be through Google, and yeah. we're quite often seeing patients come into our pharmacies armed with all this information, but realistically they need to come to the pharmacy to filter all of that to decipher what is right for them, and you know, therefore the staff need to put them through their processes, their protocols, and you know, towards the way, a, I guess, a different professional style of pharmacy may work. Yeah. Um, you know, it really is going to vary quite dramatically. So in order to make sure you get a seamless experience, I think, you know, having that standardised process is very useful. Yeah, and I think especially in the pharmacy space and what we're seeing overseas is that um, there's a lot of noise and that information may be completely incorrect for that particular customer, right? So I guess having that uh, ability for um, pharmacists to push out their own IP or their own advice uh, in a controlled manner uh, is key uh, and that can help guide customers. Yeah. So. Yep, and, and I think you know, what, what, our, what our listeners are going to get hold of today, and um, we probably should preface that, that um, we're going to take you on a little virtual tour which you'll be able to access together with this podcast, um, and we've got some scenarios set up where you can see this, um, which we'll be able to take you through. Um, in terms of, I guess, some of the uh, technology that I guess some of our listeners would have looked at and we've spoken about on this show, um, iBeacon's one before we get into that. Yeah. Um, how, how has that evolved? in the last 12 months? Well, it's interesting in that um, uh, some retailers jumped onto uh, iBeacons or Bluetooth quite early. Um, and it's actually, that initial phase has already been surpassed. Um, what they found, it, it can be used uh, effectively, but there was a, a, it was very, very hard to implement, right? Um, because you had to really understand the technology to implement it so the customer can engage correctly. So one of the things that um, we've been working on is we actually looked at all the different uh, beacon manufacturers and said, what works? And we actually decided that um, there's none of them work in their own right in a way that is seamless. Um, So we put a a, a layer together where uh, it just enables that attachment uh, and have specified some some devices that we know are easy to install and maintain. Um, and where we, we see it now is embedded into the devices themselves so you can easily control the range. So, you know, a pharmacist might be a small, could be very small yep. or very large, and you could have um, products within one metre of each other. Yeah. So you don't want that overlapping and confusing the customer. Look, absolutely, and, and as as our listeners would be aware, when we yeah. discussed it last year, you know the beacons give that 
I guess, heightened level of personalisation yeah. in that you're able, through technology, able to pick up certain movements and behaviours and match that with particular sectors of the store in terms of messaging or promotions. Much yeah. um, the same way as we spoke about a few shows back about using Wi-Fi, which there's a product in pharmacy that's yeah. just being tested at the moment yeah. of where you can get almost like Google Analytics-like yeah. behaviours tracked around where customers shop, yeah. where they engage. Um, but I guess the eye beacon is very non-prescriptive in that it could, you know, trigger any sort of behaviour depending on what you're at, what you're looking at. Exactly, and what we've employed here is what we see the next phase, um, and we call that blue fire, where it combines Wi-Fi and beacons together. Um, usually, they work in opposite, so sometimes that can cause issues. Um, so what we've done is employed them together, so you can adjust that range. So if you want your analytics type data. Um, that same device will give you that and you can say, okay, my establishment is, you know, 25 metres across. Um, I want to know, uh, I want to put a stage gate and I want to know um, what's happening outside that, how many walkers passed versus how many people coming in. And then once they do come in, do they go, where am I following them to? Yeah. Am I um, taking them to the right area within the store? And then are they activating? So having that all as one service is is starting to create adoption now. Yeah, and look, I guess, you know, in terms of some of our listeners who are, aren't as uh, savvy yeah. with technology yeah. at the moment, they'll be thinking, well, how is that going to be relevant for my pharmacy? And yeah. we've spoken about it at a, even a lower level of employing customer traffic counters at the yeah. front entrance, which allows you to track your total traffic against your total number of sales for that particular time period so that you can see whether your staff are engaging correctly or whether you're missing a lot of sales. And I guess this takes that personalisation a bit further. And I think for me, if you're in a, a large shopping centre or street monitoring, um, one of the key metrics, and it's really easy to, to look at, is you know almost using it like a website. What is my bounce rate? So how many people are, uh, are coming in and leaving within three or four minutes? That means they're not purchasing, they're not engaging. Um, am, I do, am I merchandising right? Do I have the right sight lines to my counter? Um, those simple things... Um, can make a difference. Well, I guess also for shopping centre pharmacies, uh, they're always told that they're going to have a certain number of people pass their stores, yeah. and I guess this puts the data back in the pharmacy owner's hand of actually being able to measure how many people have actually passed the store. Well, and the, the beauty of that is um, in some shopping centres, that data actually includes employees, um, but they do the total count. Yeah. Um, if you employ the correct technology, it can take away persistent devices. So anyone within the vicinity that's been there multiple times in more than four hours, it will start excluding them from the data, right? Yep. So you know that the data you've got is actual customers um, and you can see the repeat visits. And I think um, that's where the, now the, the technologies come to a maturity phase where you can trust that data. Yeah. Well, there you go, listeners. You'll have some extra data to negotiate your next <laughs> lease with, and uh, whether they want it or not. So the power certainly uh, has shifted. Yeah. So we're going to get into some of these live examples, and um, we'll uh, we'll touch base with you in just a moment. Okay, listeners. So we're back, and um, we're now looking at. Uh, some click and collect scenarios. So it's also the benefit of doing this is to show you what 
digital technology in a display format can be utilised in your pharmacies. Um, so Steve's going to take us through, um, I guess, how this window display actually works. Yeah, and I think this is a great example because it's actually just a small cafe. So it demonstrates that you don't need a whole IT team to create this technology or use this platform. Okay? Um, simply what we he have here is some through glass technology. So it's probably hard to see on this cast, but there's a, a pane of glass here um, and we're projecting the touch through the glass so you don't need to modify the glass in any way. It's just a film on the inside. Okay? Um, what this platform is, is basically a click and collect platform. Um, it allows us uh, to engage a customer in click and collect activity without doing any modifications to their point of sale or to their e-commerce site or they may not even have an e-commerce site like this cafe. Yeah. Okay. Um, now we're showing a cafe example because it's just very simple to, to see what it's doing. Um, these can be configured by the retailer themselves or the pharmacist themselves and they can put which categories that they want uh, to enable. Okay. So for example, they may have, have things that uh, in a street fronting scenario such as this, you might want to allow certain things to be purchased and then come back to the store to pick up to reduce your loading at certain times of the day. Yeah. Okay? So in this case, we're doing food, which is a bit different. Um, but we can add or create suggestions. So for example, if I'm going to do a French toast, as I pick the French toast, multiple suggestions can come up. In this case, maple syrup's a logical one, but in... in um, a product scenario, you might say what goes with what. So yep. if it's cold and flu and someone's coming to get limp sip, what else do we want to sell to that yep. client? And I, and I guess this can be done also internally inside a pharmacy as well, yeah. um, you know, in and around that triage that we were talking about um, to, I guess, help to determine, I guess, the place in which people are going to go if they want to do a self-select and so forth. Exactly, and you can ask a series of questions that will yeah. help. So the pharmacist can say, OK, I'm going to dictate these questions um, and this will help us lead to a product. So it could be cold and flu, and one of the things that asks is, are you an asthmatic? Yeah. So all of a sudden it reduces the amount of product that you can see on, yeah. on that. And I guess that takes people through a self-directed scenario or perhaps even an assisted one where the pharmacy assistant's actually taking them through that structured process as well. Exactly. Um, and as, as some of our listeners already be aware from APP, there are already digital panels in pharmacy yep. which were hooked up to an automation unit uh, yep. to be able to deliver Schedule 2, Schedule 3 products, which are typically a lot of your high-powered cold and flus. Um, and I guess that, you know, again, has that capability of uh, dovetailing a bit further and, as we can see here, perhaps even with payments as well to yeah. close the loop. So in this particular scenario, um, we're going, we can send the transaction to the counter, okay, or we can pay immediately through PayPal. Now, this is a random code, so there's no security uh, issues, but we'll just put a demo code in. My demo code's not working anymore. So I guess with PayPal here, um, you know, lots of different retailers around the country have already embraced that and it allows a customer to pay for their meal in, a, in I guess, a cafe environment before the waiters come over with the bill and it also integrates with their point of sale as well. And I guess that's going to be a question a lot of our listeners are going to be thinking of. In terms of all this technology, yeah. they've got their own in their pharmacies and it's typically a store-based uh, point of sale or dispense system. Yeah. So I guess just very, very quickly, how do they, what is the best way of coming 
integrated yeah. um, and or is there a standalone um, bit of software that they can utilise? Yeah, to, I guess, so, so this them. can run standalone or integrated, yep. okay? Um, when we're using uh, PayPal in this circumstance, it doesn't even touch the pause. It just goes straight to uh, a little screen to tell you what the order is because it's already been paid for, okay? And then that's just a receipt printer. Yep. Um, we have the same issue in the hospitality industry. You can imagine how many different point of sale there are. Yeah. So what we've done here is we've created a, a very open standard where other point of sale can talk to this and vice versa. Yeah. Okay. If we choose to integrate. Yeah. No, absolutely. And yeah. I guess you can have all sorts of different information put on here, health information systems and so forth. That's, That's correct. Pretty well um, And one of the other layers uh, we've also created is uh, integration to, into the most common uh, web type CMSs. So if yep. you've got a website, most commonly you can integrate into that and pull down the content so you're not creating it twice. And I guess going back even further to, I guess, what the customer may walk into the pharmacy with, mm-hmm. can this type of screen end up on their iPhone or iPad and they doing it from themselves? Yeah, so as you create this content, this same platform creates yep. a, mobile, uh, a mobile store. Yeah. Okay, so that can just be enabled on their phone. And if they've subscribed to something like PayPal, as they walk into the pharmacies, it actually come up with a lot of little icon yep. saying that you're in that zone and you'll see your account come back up. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's, let's walk through to our, our next one. Okay. So w- what are we having a look at now, Steve? Uh, we're going to have a look at the e-labels, I think. Yep. Uh, Oh, this is just an example of the same, uh, as we're sure. going through, that's the same but install on a, on a fixed device, okay? Yep. The beauty of this device is it's very easy uh, to mount and very secure. Once you've mounted it, all the cables are hidden um, and it's even waterproof. So especially in a, in, um, uh, a pharmacist, you can uh, um, wipe that with antibacterial type um, mm. Solutions and it's not going to affect the screen. It looks very much like an iPad. Yeah, it's uh, it's very much like a, a big one. It's a 22 inch, um, yep. but it's just a, uh, a lot more ruggedized and is suitable for that environment. Yep. Yeah, yep. very good. Okay. So another uh, initiative we have here, and. We're just doing some testing at the moment, but um, is electronic labels. Um, the beauty of these labels, and you can see on here as well, um, you can actually show uh, product information, pricing, um, and you can enable that pricing to be variable. So we were having the chat uh, yep. last time that you know you might have late trading and you may in- increase the prices during that late trading period. Well, that's right. There's quite a number of our, of our owners who do open extended hours, yep. um, and you know the capability of wanting to change pricing to do with penalty rates and other yep. things that are affecting the costs of running that business outside of normal hours. Yep. Um, certainly the functionality is too difficult to do it manually, so yeah. I guess this offers a unique opportunity. Yeah, and you can schedule that by time of day. So you can say it, it changes at this time and then goes back down at this time. Um, so it's just a seamless uh, transition. Um, the other thing that we're finding is um, customers don't want just... The end customer doesn't want just pricing. They want information. Yeah. Um, but they also don't want to see a series of barcodes and stock movement that they see on uh, typical yes. labels now. Um, they want to see information that's relevant to them, and there's a LIMSIP example there. Um, maybe a little bit of, you know, if you're getting some uh, advertiser or brand support, you can engage that here as well. Yep. 
and then for your own purposes you can flip into a mode where you can see the stock movement or or live data that's occurring um, you know that's the reorder code and that's how many uh, on its way back yeah okay so it, it, it really enables that whole um, supply chain to be in front of you yep. um, and also it's a it's a better fee experience for the, uh, the end customers that can get product information there well and it's there. so much more than just the price then isn't yep. it um, it has a lot to do with perhaps some of the basic information but also perhaps what would be the most recommended products um, exactly. so if you're integrating your clinical pathways around cold and flu if you're most recommended yep. um, you can certainly highlight those um, in conjunction with the advice that you're already giving yeah, and, and you might even um, send down, I know we're working with one retailer at, at this point in time where the information that's on here is what product that it's near by as well. So you can do product associations, yep. um, which can help sales also. Yeah, and I think one of the best examples when we're talking about personalising that um, patient experience yeah. is that can these shelf labels interact through things like the eye beacons we're talking yeah, about so, so that it can display perhaps a, a VIP or a member price as yeah. opposed to... Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we've been working on. Yeah. Um, so we've just got an example here where um, they're all integrated. Um, we can touch the eye beacon here. Um, it's saying this is just for contact information. Okay, okay. so we've touched the eye beacon. It's saying contact the retail evolution lab, and it's going off to our website. So that could be simple product information um, that's specific to this category, yeah. or um, we're working with a client now where instead of having many eye beacons, um, they have one in the category. As you click on, as you put your device there, it will have a menu here where yeah. you can drill down. Um, and it can include your pricing because it knows who yep. you are if you've got the app. And ultimately on, on iBeacons, um, it can also attract a customer service environment. I know that we've seen some manual versions of this in yep. uh, Masters and so yep. and Bunnings where you can press a button to That's bring correct. a customer service person across. Yep. And I know that Apple utilise a similar thing when you yep. check in to, so they can come and find you for your appointment. Yep. Um, so this type of technology can be used in the same way in the pharmacy to bring the right person to the right patient. Yeah, and if you structure your the, the application correctly you can you can also um, generate data of what the most common questions are yeah so you might have that come up straight away so you're reducing that contact time if you you know, yeah. especially for common questions that can be answered. Absolutely. And, <laughs> yeah. and look, as, you've, as we've just seen then, it can yeah. link to further information. So product demonstration videos, yeah. um, potentially some standardised counselling and advice that you would offer typically, yeah. um, you know, real, really leveraging all of your digital assets. Yeah, and, and even things where um, you're trying to sell the value of an item. Um, yeah. We've got a client now that's um, doing that for, say, premium wines. And as you click on it, you can see where it's actually made um, and the whole process and the farmer talks to you. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's multiple ways to engage that client with that additional information. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess as, as we're seeing here um, on, uh, on a gondola and there are some products here we'd all be very familiar with as well, yeah. um, the, the displays on there, just typically a normal display or is it something that, again, you could link in with your point of sale system to reflect the promotion or price? Yeah, so, so both of them um, uh, or both methods can be either manually or we can link into the point of sale file um, to, to alter that price so they're always in sync. 
Yep. Okay. Um, sometimes uh, uh, customers have just really basic rules you can configure in the system. So you can say uh, it must be updated on the pause half an hour before the labels yes. and vice versa yep. just to ensure compliance. Um, but that's a very easy process. Because I guess, you know, when we're always looking at, you know, what will make us a more sustainable retailer in pharmacy moving forward, it's just becoming more operationally efficient. And yeah. I guess the more tasks that you can automate rather than duplicate through different systems, um, it's really going to, I guess, play a role in being able to ensure that our team members yeah. are there purely for patient service as opposed to, you know, the administrative tasks. Yeah, and I think that's why uh, AOPEN in particular has been are quite successful in these spaces because we don't do uh, proprietary, we don't lock things down and yep. we allow multiple uh, POS vendors, um, website vendors to just integrate into our systems yep. just to make adoption easier. And, and I guess one of the biggest questions a lot of our listeners will be thinking is cost with all of this. Yeah. Um, you know, has it got to a level like with a lot of technology where it's come down to the point where perhaps a largish pharmacy, not just yeah. your smaller pharmacies, but yeah. perhaps maybe in targeted areas you could do it. Yeah. Um, what costs generally would they be looking at for this type of solution? Okay, so we're looking at um, now we're looking at um, focusing on specific categories okay um, when you're looking at a standard bay okay you're looking roughly about um, $40 a label that's a one-off cost um, and that includes the infrastructure to support it okay um, that will allow you to get up and running and really have no additional costs for the next three to four years yeah okay? um, power wise they're very efficient they actually just run off the same cable you'd run your network off. Yep. Um, so there's no typically um, additional requirements like uh, getting an electrician into wire cabling or anything like that. Um, it's all very, very low voltage. It's like hooking up a Christmas tree. Yeah. yeah. And so. I guess they can also interact through Wi-Fi networks. Now, yep. I guess when we're starting to talk about things like iBeacons and also these electronic shelf labels and displays, yep. do you think that pharmacies are going to need a high-powered Wi-Fi network to deal with all of that kind of traffic? I think if um, there's, a, there's a plan to allow customers on your Wi-Fi network, you definitely have to consider... Um, something that's secure because yeah. it's involving your pricing um, but generally it's very very low on the demand side it's only sending down content that needs to go down yeah um, so it doesn't have an impact on your sort of bandwidth yeah. yeah and I think a lot of us may be thinking already we've seen the tag on there but what yeah. does an iBeacon look like okay so it can come in many forms yeah. now this isn't uh, an iBeacon Beacon, so to speak, this is a iBeacon specifically to Apple. Okay, okay. Um, this is a universal beacon, so that will talk to any device that has Bluetooth. It yep. may not be your phone; it could be another device. Um, and they come in different forms. Uh, there's even ones that you can um, uh, recess into concrete into parking lots. Yep. Um, so uh, that's the, the the most commonly used. Um, the beauty of that one is it will last four years. So you just it's very, very low consumption. Um, it's just adhesive and it can last four years. Yeah. yeah. And I guess with the size of it, it can very easily get hidden from everything. And I think we've always referred to the best technology as the ones that just work seamlessly and you can never see it. Exactly. And now we're putting it in all the player devices. So, for example, if you've got something like what we showed earlier yep. on the end, it's actually inside yep. the screen. So you, you don't need an additional beacon. Um, and now with the iPhone 6 and some of the new Android, they're a beacon in their own right. Yeah. So if you have the right technology in store, 
then your beacon use is limited, which actually gives you more accurate data. Yeah. With too many beacons, you get less data. So I guess you're talking about things like near-field communication and uh, yeah. all those types of things. And yeah. I guess when we start to look at all of the different wireless pa payment methods that Apple's obviously bringing, Apple yeah. Pay, and obviously yeah. how we've got our cards integrated with different NFC chips, yeah. it's also going to integrate payment into this process exactly. as well. Yeah. So I guess it's just trying to get that to be a seamless integration so it doesn't confuse your customer. Yeah. Um, that's the challenge. Uh, but that's what we've been focused on for the last three years, really packaging that up. Because even uh, the large retailers, um, they want a, a single contact to deal with because there's a lot of gray areas. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it's become very refined and, and very secure to be able to deliver an entire package. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And if any of our listeners want to go and visit a retailer that's already doing this quite well, are there any on this shores? Uh, yeah, there's quite a few. Um, they can go to, there's some big ones. Um, yep. And there's a lot of hospitality in, in Melbourne, like we've got penetration in a lot of cafes. Yep. Uh, but they can go to really uh, any Bunnings, uh, any Australia Post. Um, I think Masters have started rolling out. Um, what else? Hello World is probably a good one to go have a look at mm. because... Uh, what we've done is actually they've got some outfacing to attract and then they've got that triage point like you do in a pharmacy. Yeah. Um, that's probably a good example. Um, yeah, Bedshed. Yeah, Bedshed's another um, sort of medium retailer that's using triaging quite well. Um, and it's actually uh, a good example of product selection versus engagement. So, for example, if you go through and you're picking a, a, a child's bedroom, it's all, all the information's on the on the device and as soon as you go to orthopedic then that, it will detect that and it will send their specialist to you where you're standing so they yeah. can help you because you can really get that wrong. Absolutely yeah. and we talk a lot about integrating all those different data points whether it be yeah. transactional data, loyalty data, clinical data. Yeah. I guess what we're seeing now is that convergence where it all comes together and yeah. actually turns into a fantastic experience that was exactly. otherwise never seen. Yeah and some of it, it may not be integration it's just a bit of time. I think uh, pharmacists have a lot of IP they understand how th things should go together or how to engage a client and they all yeah. have their own different ways to do it and yeah. you can represent that through that digital medium. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I guess, Stephen, as we cast our minds a little further ahead, like, yeah. like we're obviously there's a lot of testing going along, yeah. a lot of things we need to iron out. Yeah. But I guess what would you say is, I guess, utilising all this technology yeah. and I guess removing all those time and resource barriers, yeah. where would you see this all going? I think and the uh, biggest trend we're seeing right now uh, is the elimination of POS, right? Yeah. To have that um, traditional counter where you're standing, there's a counter between you and the customer. Um, that's disappearing. It's more about floor space um, and being able to actively engage your audience and being able to provide self-assisted transactions. Yeah. 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 You, you constantly have customers that know what they want. They're regular purchasers. You want to engage with them at a you know at a personal level, but you don't necessarily need to transact for them. Yeah, and I think we often look at you know how how digital experiences can be so greatly enhanced with one click ordering and so forth, and perhaps what we're now seeing with this type of technology is that digital experience getting translated into this analog environment, yeah. uh, where it just becomes a seamless experience, and there's no longer offline and online. It's just that's yeah. retail, and that's what's happening now. Retail's changed, but the principles are still the same. It's still about customer service yeah. and engagement and product information. 
Yeah, absolutely. Stephen, it's been fantastic you having you. on the show and uh, we look forward to following your journey and following the product journey and seeing what great experiences can be created and look forward to inviting you back in the not too distant future. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you for your time. No worries. Well, there you have it, listeners, a behind the scenes look visually and through great conversation of what you can expect when you go into a Hello World store, an Apple store, ANZ Bank, a lot of the biggest retailers and how they use this clever technology to wow you, but ultimately it's invisible and it really works seamlessly, which is our first key learning for this episode, is we need to make the technology seamless and invisible. There's no point us throwing it in there as we have done in the past, haphazardly adding technology for technology's sake, it needs to fit into our workflow. And as we've spoken about a lot on this show, we need to design our customer's journey in what it actually looks like and how we want to actually help them and maximize our best strengths as pharmacists, but also the strengths of our team as well, which we'll get to in in probably our third learning, I think. The second one is using retail technology to negotiate a better rental agreement, something that I didn't even think of prior to our discussion with Stephen today. But ultimately, if we're going to engage in using things like iBeacons through integrated Wi-Fi networks, and that's again going to be something we're going to focus on in a few episodes time, is how that can actually show us what our passing traffic looks like. And ultimately, whenever we sign these leases, if you are in a shopping center, you will see that they do guarantee a certain level of passing traffic, may also be cars, and you can actually measure that and pass it back to them and say, look, you promised me 100,000 customers a month, I'm only getting 50, let's talk about a deal. And so the power shifts back to you in being able to demand a better deal on your rental, which ultimately could save you thousands of dollars every year if you've got that information. Certainly very beneficial. And the third one is use the technology to maximize your team's strengths, which are generally in customer engagement and relationships. Always our best team members pharmacy assistants, dispensary assistants, the ones our customers remember by name and seek out all the time are very, very strong in those two key areas. And really, the technology is available to make sure we're not wasting their time in doing visual merchandising, price changes, price label changes, in being able to utilize this fantastic technology that we've got ahead of us here. It may also be answering frequently asked questions, enriching the customer experience by providing instruction videos, typical counseling videos, so that we're really making ourselves look a lot bigger and a lot more knowledgeable and creating a much better experience for our customers when they come in. And I don't know about you, but it's really exciting as to how far we can go so that we really play to our strengths all the time. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. Don't forget, we've got some fantastic interviews coming your way. As we spoke in last week's episode around the challenges of Facebook and social media to comply with privacy legislation, I've got two fantastic guests coming up in the next few weeks for us to answer that. 
And next week, we've got Wim Batard from Farm Engage, who's going to tell us all about customer relationship management and how that sits at the core and what we can do to create a better relationship with our customers across their entire journey. You're going to absolutely love it. Make sure if you love this episode, leave a comment in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you, even if it's just saying fantastic episode. I'd love to hear it. There's always space for you at the bottom, and I read and respond to every single one of them. And my guests, like Stephen today, are always happy to respond individually to these questions as well. Have a great week, everyone. Make sure you register for the Pharmacy Website Masterclass. You will not be disappointed. The promise of being able to outrank some of the bigger pharmacy brands is on offer. You just need to embrace it. So head across to robertstar.com forward slash website webinar, and we'll see you next Friday on April 17 for that. Have a great week, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.